old Kate would say, no way can you stop what you're doing and go on a two hour, like go down to the beach for two hours. No way. That's like, you're not working hard. That means you're bad. That means you're, you're not doing what society expects of you and it's all going to come back and you're going to really regret this. But the funny thing is, is when you start to take care of yourself and do do things that that feed your soul, that you have your cup filled, that it it translates into your life, your relationships, your friendships, your relationships with your family, and then also into your business to create that success that you didn't think you could have by working less hours in the week. You're listening to the Money Lab Podcast, episode number 98, the If You Don't Work Hard, You're a Bad Person money story. Welcome to the Money Lab Podcast. I am your host, Wei Hong, and this is the podcast where we talk about money stories, tips, strategies, and interviews with some amazing people that have joined me to hopefully inspire you to create a lifestyle free of bad money stories, money anxiety, and stress. Now, there is a free ebook that complements this show really well. It's called From Money Anxiety to Six Figure Mastery. To get it, simply go to http colon forward slash forward slash go.thesixfigureacademy.com and get it there. It's the perfect complement to all the things we discuss on the show. It's free, and quite frankly, we've been told that it could change your life. Now, what's exciting about this episode is that I get to interview someone who is an expert at doing a lot of what I do for my students and clients in creating scalable systems in their business. A few things you want to listen for are... The mistake many of us make correlating being good, happy, and successful to hard work. How working less can give you more of what you want. How systems can set you free in both business and life, and so much more. Okay, so our guest today on this episode of The Money Lab is the founder of Kate Waldo & Co. And if you've been listening that's basically, you could probably figure out what her name is already. And she's also the creator of the blog Profit Accelerator, which we'll get to find out a little bit more about that because I'm excited to share that information. Now, what she does is she helps bloggers 3x their income from their content without added work so they have time to be more creative. And if you are an entrepreneur and been an entrepreneur for any length of time, creativity is such an important part of growth. So this is such an exciting thing that, you know, I want to find out from our guest today. What she says is she basically says she lights, it lights my fire to help bloggers focus on what they actually want to do by eliminating the stress of the stuff that has to get done. And I got to tell you, when I first met our guest, one of the things that kind of uh, lit my fire in terms of got me excited about what she does is she helps people do a lot of what we help our clients do, which is systematize to scale. In other words, if you systematize the things that you don't ideally like to do, then it gives you an opportunity to really grow your business, do what you love, and of course, get past those bad money stories. So welcome to The Money Lab episode, Kate Waldo 
Jones. Yay. Where's, <laughs> Yay. Where's Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> where's the applause track? <laughs> I know. Like a sitcom. <clears throat> I know. <laughs> so um, I, I'm really excited about having you on the show because, you know, one of the biggest things that I I talk about all the time is that systems will set you free. And you also have a unique twist on a very common money story that a lot of people, including myself, had growing up in the world we live in today. You know, and it's so relevant because Forbes recently put out an article that talked about, <clears throat> you know, the best countries to raise your family, right? And uh, unfortunately, the U.S. didn't make the top 10, top 20, it actually was the bottom two. It was second to last. And part of it was because it was deemed as or determined that America was, there's a, the level of happiness is really low. And I think a part of it is comes from this very common story that you also had to grow up with, which was also why we entitled this show that good people work hard, which then implies that if you don't work hard, you're a bad person, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so before we dive into all that is you, let's 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 get the money story out of the way. What was what was the money story that you grew up with and that you had to work through, overcome, get past so that you can create the successful business that you have today? The money story that I grew up with on the surface level was that I need in order to make more money, I needed to work harder. And that could manifest itself in, in many different ways, but typically meaning work more hours and do more things, check more things off my to-do list in order mm -hmm. to make more money and be successful. But right. the deeper part of that that you and I dove into and discovered was that I had this money story of that good people work hard that you are not a good person if you don't, like I'm air quoting to myself right now, you are not a good person if you don't, quote, work hard. And I wonder if there's a way to actually make air quote sounds on podcasts, because <laughs> I think I think a lot of us do that. I find myself when I'm doing it, I actually sit there and just start air quoting to nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Especially during this COVID time where we're all doing things remotely. It worked when we were in the studio together and everybody was, you know, in there and we were air quoting to each other. So at least... The, you know, the people on the show were quote, but yeah. So I'm, so I, I appreciate you saying, oh yeah, let's, <laughs> I'm actually air quoting. <laughs> yes. So air quotes work hard because that can mean so many different things to different people. But that, that was the story that was running for me was that I needed to work harder in order to be successful. And if I didn't work hard, then I would not be financially successful. I would not have success in the way that society as a whole, and especially in the U.S., deems you to be successful. And mm -hmm. I would also, in turn, be a not, not as good of a person. Right. And <clears throat> it's interesting that there was a unique twist to that because every, I think most, a lot of people have that in their... Um, and their their makeup when they grow when they when they're growing up they they 
they've been told, I got to work hard, got to work hard. And everybody has a different spin on it, right? And your particular mm -hmm. spin is that if you don't work hard, then you're not a good person. If you're not a good person, then you're, then of course, you know, you go to the opposite. As most kids, then you're a bad person, right? right. So, so it sounds like that, that that particular money story would impact more than just whether or not or the ease and how you make money, right? Because that perception, oh, yes. of course, <laughs> makes money, making money hard because if, it justifies you, you know, whatever money that you make, right? So mm -hmm. outside of, I mean, obviously, I mean, well, I didn't, you didn't even say that, I guess. Did did it impact the ease and how you were making money growing up? Definitely. Because I felt like if I were, I was in, in corporate America for most of my career until I started my business mm -hmm. three years ago. And it was it, it definitely I put a lot on the line to, in order to continue to work long hours and felt like I was not allowed to make money any other way than right. than if I were putting in a lot of hours at work or making a ton of phone calls to clients or sending a ton of emails and always thinking about work. Yeah. Well, and what was your wasn't. corporate job? I worked. In sales. So I first, my first job out of grad school, I was in medical device sales. I was an, a medical device sales rep for orthopedic implants and trauma. So mm -hmm. I was always on call and I was working in the OR. It was a really awesome job, but it was very overwhelming. And mm -hmm. it, it, especially the being on call piece that, that really fed into the work hard mentality. Yeah, yeah I bet. Uh, and, and and so, um, aside from that, um, you know, we we talk about all the time that money stories affect more than just that money flow. How did that then start to kind of leak over to other areas of your life? That belief that if you didn't work hard, I mean, was there, was there a time where you got felt kind of burnt out and then you stopped working hard? Then you started to kind of like seep into the other side. That was oh well, if you're not working hard now, you're a bad person. Definitely, it it really impacted everything in my life because, mm -hmm. and I, I still, you know, I'm constantly working on this. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like it's magically all gone, but it would seep into my weekends, which I think anyone who's been in corporate America, you mm -hmm. work so hard during the week, you work so many hours during the week and you are living for the weekend. But then when the weekend comes around, you're exhausted because you haven't filled up your tank in mm -hmm. any way right. during the week. And so it, it just impacted everything. And then I would be kind of like a lazy bum on the weekends, or I would go drink with friends and then be hungover. And it just, that made me feel like a bad person. So right. it was perpetuating the story of, I shouldn't take care of myself on a regular basis because I need to work. Mm -hmm. And I need to work hard because that what's make that's what makes you a good person. But then that is exhausting. And the if you don't know any better, you go to the complete opposite end of the spectrum when you're not working hard, you're being lazy or you're not treating your body well. And and then you feel even worse about yourself. So kind it definitely seeped into both. Yeah, kind of living up to that to to validate that belief that if you aren't working hard, then you want you have to kind of live up to that bad person persona or something like that, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it sounds like, you know, the way you describe it, it sounds like a bit of a burnout track. And I, and I, and I love what you said that, that there, there are things that you're st- to this day that you're still working on, despite having gotten past a lot of those belief systems and those blocks and able to kind of take your entrepreneurial business to a level that allows you, it's, that's sustainable. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people um, miss out, miss the, miss the whole thing about, oh, once I get rid of it, it's never coming back. You know, that's assuming <laughs> no. that you've turned into a robot and you're no longer human. That great life never happens and you never happen, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not the case. <laughs> right. But but I, I absolutely appreciate you saying that because I think a lot of people have this mis- misconception that that once you do the work and once you eliminate things out of your system that you're never going to encounter challenges around money again well the here's here's the the plot twist right there is that as long as you live in a capitalistic world you're going to be dealing with money on a variety of different levels good bad and ugly no matter what mm-hmm. happens right because economy shifts politics shifts i mean we're seeing it right now i mean this whole entire year 2020 i mean people are seeing you know, the most sound, solid, foundationally grounded people in the world are, some of them are are being totally impacted by what's going on this past year. Mm-hmm. And unless you're going to live off the grid, you have to interact with capitalist society if you want to do anything like have a car and car insurance and if you ever want to buy a house or have a loan or mortgage, right. You, right. you're going to have to interact with those systems even if you have separated yourself from from that group think you're still going to have to interact with it so you you do have to continue to maintain the new ways of thinking and operating so that you don't fall back into your old patterns that you probably had for the majority of your life yeah <laughs> it's kind of like well i'll just go live on an island well how are you going to get to island to begin with you got to find some way to get there mhm yeah. And that requires what? In this day and age, money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless you're going to sit there and build a boat out of a bunch of trees or break down your house and turn it into, I, I don't know, whatever. But that's <laughs> it's neither here nor there at this point. So, okay. So going back to you, Kate. Um, so when you when did you realize that there there was this this story that's been, that, that was kind of like driving you basically to a point where you were constantly overworking yourself despite whatever context. I mean, when you shifted from uh, working in corporate and decided to be an entrepreneur, did that hard work uh, belief system go away or did it just take on a different um, form? It just put on new clothes. Okay. (laughs) It was it was it was there. It just looked different. Uh, when I it left, went shopping and came back and put on yeah, a costume. Yeah, it went shopping or it like, you know, put, took all its clothes to consignment and wore workout clothes at home. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was definitely still there. It was when I left corporate because I was also in um, in staffing as well mm-hmm. after I was in medical device sales. So we all had Salesforce and we had um computer systems that we had to work with and all these things that I'm, I saw myself kind of demonizing that, oh, I'll mm-hmm. never work in Salesforce again. I'll never use a CRM system again because mm-hmm. that's I associated that with the corporate lifestyle and the rat race that I didn't want to be a part of. But right. I quickly realized that I was playing out 
this story of work harder to become a better person or to to maintain your status as a good person Mm -hmm. in my business. So I start, I have two businesses and Uh the one we haven't talked about is I, I have a professional organizing business and that's where I got started. And I would be with clients all day long doing the work and wanting to make sure that they had a, a really great experience and that we were delivering quality work. So paying attention to them, really being in the moment. And the, the hard thing about that was that there's still a business to run. There's still invoices that need to be sent, contracts to be signed, marketing to be done, photo shoots, whatever. There's so many things, bookkeeping, you name it. That, <laughs> More work than corporate job? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. You get into the entrepreneurial world and you're like, I'm going to make my own schedule. It's going to be so much better. It's going to be so easy. And then you realize that you need to... Uh, do everything. <laughs> Do everything and fill every role that a, a corporate giant corporate structure has. You've got to got to do it all. Right. So that was where I started to recognize that I was continuing to to run this story of that I had to work hard to be mm-hmm. good and to be mm-hmm. successful. Yeah. And it was burning me out. Right. And it's so fascinating. Did that? Do you think that was your journey breaking away or breaking through your your money story of that? Do you think that was part of what drew you to do what you do today? Because in essence, one of your the the other business that you do for helping bloggers is essentially a kind of like a spinoff of what you've had to journey through to kind of break away from your money story. It sounds like. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly where it came from because I recognized okay. There's not enough hours in the day. And I started a business because I wanted to create a job and lifestyle for myself that I looked forward to every day, that I was excited about waking up and working. And then I also wanted that for all of my team members. And in order to do that, I needed to change something. And that was when I started to dabble in using technology, using automation to to make all of the things that like you talked about in my intro that that had to get done, that they could get done in a more efficient way. And it wasn't me, Kate, didn't have to be the one doing it over and over and over again every time for it to get done. And it Mm -hmm. could still be high quality. Mm -hmm. So that was what led into pretty perfectly dovetailed into where I am now was that I was working with a lot of bloggers and influencers in my professional organizing business. And they would say to me, I need help with, with my digital life and my email and running a business as a whole is, is really difficult Mm -hmm. because you're doing, and and there just wasn't support for Mm -hmm. that industry in particular. Right. And so that was, that was how the blog profit accelerator came to be out of that because right. it what i found too was that i loved the systems it was so much fun to me to figure yeah. out how to automate things and how to still have a really high quality customer service experience and customer mm-hmm. journey while working less hours and and actually enjoying the lifestyle that i set out to create by being an entrepreneur 
Right. And how did you get past demonizing the technology that you kind of associated with the corporate <laughs> world? I mean, I'm sure you, you, you came up to it and you know, as you were thinking about, okay, well, I guess I should use a CRM. How, how did, how, because I'm sure a lot of people deal with that too, which is they're, they're dealing with, you know, preconceived notions of a particular tool and then realizing that, oh, I actually have to use that. How did you get past that? Because some people don't ever get past that. Some people just like demonize and forever. They just like, okay, you're on my S list forever. Technology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the biggest part was probably I started to get into the online course world and I took an online course on how to start a professional organizing business. And part of what the instructor said was there's, she made such a great point about you can't keep all that information in your head about all your clients. It's yes, you're an organized person by nature because this is what you're doing as a business, but you're, you're letting these people essentially, this is what I gathered from it. These may have not Mm -hmm. been her words, but essentially you're letting down your clients by not, you're doing them a disservice by not using a system, which Uh ended up being a, some type of customer relationship management system to keep track of everything. And you're, you're freeing up your brain space to be able to operate in all the other functions of your business when you use a tool like that. And I was also very intrigued that they don't all have to look like Salesforce. I do still (laughs) dabble in Salesforce from time to time. Um, It's still not my favorite thing. Don't come after me, Salesforce. Uh, But (laughs) No, I I agree. Salesforce is a bit of a beast. I mean, it's a beast. There's a reason why they charge thousands of dollars to help onboard you. So not only are you spending enormous amounts of money for the program, and, and this is not to say that it's not a great program because for the right company, for the right um, uh, organization, it is fantastic. You know, I love yes. the Salesforce story, by the way. If there's a whole book around. It's called uh, Predictable Revenue or something like that. The guy mm-hmm. who actually took Salesforce to from like nothing to like 100 million, you know. But anyway, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it, it is it is a it is a wooly beast. I mean, it's and, and if and if. They charge thousands of dollars to help you kind of onboard and get it to fit your system or get it to fit your organization. If you're a single per single solo entrepreneur, I don't think Salesforce is actually the best tool for a solo it's entrepreneur. Definitely not. <laughs> but that was what I was intrigued was at, through that online course. I was shown that oh, there are other systems out there that are beautifully designed. They make sense for what I'm doing. They are enjoyable to use and fun to figure out. So mm-hmm. there, there's a whole spectrum of of what there is, of of what your options are. So that was where I came back to, okay, this is something that I actually do think I need to use. The The thought process behind it makes a lot of sense. And also as an entrepreneur, which I think most people who listen to this podcast probably are, uh-huh. it it um, is totally, you have such a different outlook on things when you're trying to figure out how to make something work, but you love what it is. You know, when right. I was in sales, I didn't love towards the my last position. I didn't really believe in what we sold and I didn't really believe in what we did. And that impacts everything. And right. you have much less of a desire to try and figure things out. So 
when you own your own business, hopefully it's something that you love doing. And so it's it's a passion project of mm-hmm. not just a passion project, but that you have passion behind figuring out how do I make this work in a way that that is sustainable and right. it's fun. Yeah. And do you think that uh, that you because of that money story that you grew up with, that you chose those jobs so that it could primarily sustain or or support that story i mean because yes for sure okay okay (laughs) it is i mean that that is something that i've learned so much over the last year and working with you is that you have to take responsibility for your your favorite phrase my favorite phrase of yours is how did you cast that character in your life Mm. and that is a person or a job or a situation or whatever, basically, how did you choose for that to be the way that it is? Right. And which is so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> and people hate that. And, you know, now I kind of use it on my parents. And they're like, oh. <laughs> um, but it is, yes, 100%. I chose those jobs to perpetuate the, I know that I will have to work hard and I know that I will have to work long hours in order to be successful because they've laid this out in front of me in the hiring process of, yes, this is what we expect of you and this is what equals success. And in my mind, that also equaled being a good person. So certainly. Yeah. You know, and if you are listening to this and you uh, and you didn't catch that just as a disclaimer. Yeah. um, Kate has been a client of mine for uh, a bit. And I, you know, having worked with her for um, over the past year or so, uh, you know, I felt that there was something extremely valuable about her journey through her bad money stories and and being able to take that and apply it to growing her business that I think it was really, really kind of valuable to be able to share. And that's why you're on the podcast today. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> I don't know if they call this, would it be considered nepotism? No, I mean, it's not like you're getting paid <laughs> to be on the show or something like that. But um, so so there's a so just just a little disclaimer in case you're listening to like, who is this person? And why are they so, you know, why are there so many liberties and comfort in terms of what they're talking about? <laughs> yeah, plus we geek out on all the tech stuff. That was, oh my, that, was oh my God. that was our bonding moment. Oh yeah, that oh yeah, that that's right. You know, when we first met, we were talking about all the different ways that we can systematize and make things more efficient, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I love that you brought that up. Is that you know part of? I mean, if you think about your entire life as kind of like a movie, and and you have these stories that need to be that need to be validated all your life. Because the reality is, if you have a bad money story, if you have a money story, if you have any kind of a story in your life that you grew up with, your unconscious mind is still constantly looking for a way to validate it. And even as an adult, because if it doesn't get validated on a periodic basis, it starts to wither away. And if there's no replacement story, then the mind will seek ways or create circumstances or, as you said, cast the characters or the the, the situation in such a way so that it can continue to keep those stories alive. Right. Yep. Which is so, wild. Mm-hmm. But... It's really cool once you start to recognize that you can catch yourself of what am I doing this for? What am I what story am I keeping alive by these actions or right. these these thoughts? 
And and when was that big shift? And how did you know that shift had happened? Was it like at, at, because you decided I'm going to create a more efficient lifestyle? I'm going to pursue what I love. And and as a disclaimer, it's not. It's not about it's not like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're not going to ever work hard ever again, because you have your days as well that you're working so hard all day focusing on getting a specific thing done. I think the important thing to understand is that it's not just about working hard, it's working hard within what you enjoy. So you don't even notice that it's working hard. And the level of precision of what you're working hard towards is much higher when you don't have that bad money story of just trying to validate being a good person by working hard. So you just work hard at doing anything that you may or may not be happy doing. Yeah, I think you kind of said it in in your disclaimer there of that I started to recognize once once I started to dive into the systems and recognizing that this could be a lot of fun, that I I the biggest shift was seeing from a more airplane view versus down on the ground in fully in the weeds, not being able to see around me, that I could work on a much higher level of projects, tasks, whatever it was that made Mm -hmm. a bigger impact instead of just spin my wheels all the time, checking things off, keeping myself busy, but never really going anywhere. Right. And, and and that's what we call the proverbial hamster wheel, right? That people are on over and over mm-hmm. again all day long. How now, now, there are people who spend their entire lives never able to figure out how to get off that hamster wheel. I, it reminds I, every time I talk about it, it reminds me of this meme or this this uh, this video I, I've seen where this this hamster is somehow decides to get on the wheel of another hamster that was already running and then it gets caught and it gets thump, 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 gets like spun around the whole time and he can't get off until the other hamster stops running, right? And Mm -hmm. then when the other hamster stops running, he tries to get off and the hamster starts running again so he's caught in it again. And I feel like there's a lot of people in this world that that, that feel like that. They they try to get off but they can't get off and yet here you Mm -hmm. are, able to at you know at a very young age it's like decide oh well i'm going to get off that hamster wheel how how were you able to get off that hamster wheel what were the decisions that you made that facilitated that hmm. i think getting comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and risking uh, ris- i mean that's another air quotes because i think I started to realize that life was too short to to be stay comfortable and be miserable in the jobs that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so the risk of quitting my job, I did I didn't do it the the right way or whatever that you're supposed uh-huh. to do like, you know, bake a savings and and prepare and start your business on on the side and then make it into your full-time job. I'm right. I'm one of the ones who just leap in the net will appear. <laughs> So that's, that's what I did. Um, You're not alone. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that do that. You know, they're you know the thrill seekers of the world. These are the adrenaline junkie entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much what I did. So I guess that was kind of the it was sink or swim and mm-hmm. figure it out to right. to make that difference. But 
Gosh, I think I think going into the business, I did know that I wanted to my with my first business that I wanted to be able to replace myself mm-hmm. and remove my continue to remove myself from the day to day operations and then and and back up all the way to the point of potentially selling the business. Mm-hmm. And so having that mindset was really helpful in in the decisions that I made right. to to automate and to make it uh, to make the customer experience something that could be replicated right without me right as a part and, of it and was that something that you knew intrinsically growing up or, or, or did you pick that up because not everybody has that particular perspective on you know building a business i mean there's a great book out there that built to sell right you build mm-hmm. your business to sell even if you don't have any intention to sell you still build it as if you're going to sell it because then it creates scalability and ability for you to step away from the business mm-hmm. so was that something that you just picked up somewhere or was that something that you kind of already knew or i mean you had to learn it from somewhere so yes i i read a ton a ton, mm-hmm. a ton. I'm. I love to get. I kind of get in these phases of binging courses and and personal yeah. development books and and business development books. And so, four hour work week was one of the biggest ones that right. was an impact on that of that Good kind of Tim mindset. Ferris. Good yeah. old Tim Ferriss. And then yeah. Clockwork and Traction. Those all those books were a big uh-huh. part of it. I think too, one of my companies that I worked with, it was really, inter- now that you're asking this, I'm reflecting on, on I was able to be there when I, I worked at their corporate headquarters in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that was where the founder and CEO was. And I was able to be there as they were continuing to expand and add locations throughout the US and Canada. And then also watch the CEO step himself back out of hmm. the business. Oh, cool! And he, that was kind of that was pretty cool to be able to see that whole thing go down. And and because mm-hmm. I was at the corporate office, I was on the sales team, but uh, we were very close. We could even like peek into their offices from where right. we were. We were a floor above them. Um, you could start to see how the dynamic shifted in how he positioned his staff to take on more and more so that he could make his exit. Huh. And interesting. That yeah, so that was I think now that we're talking about it, that that I'm sure was in the back of my mind. Right. So being so having the awareness of of seeing what is actually happening around you. You know, and and I like that you actually that actually stimulated that memory and brought that up because I think so many people say they go through life and, you know, they they feel like they're not learning anything and it's unproductive. And I think a lot of it and this this also comes from the book by Dan Millman, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. There's a particular phrase in there and it's also in the movie with Nick Nolte in it. That's really kind of my introduction to the whole thing. Um, There was a phrase that basically said there's never nothing going on. Mm-hmm. There's always something going on. And it's a question oh, yeah. of whether or not you're paying attention. It sounds like you are paying attention, whether it be consciously or unconsciously, so that it eventually kind of played out in such a way that it influenced your decisions on creating the lifestyle that you have today. I mean, I still remember um, not too long ago, you were just talking about 
you know, I kind of have everything that I, I intended or set an intention or set a goal to have. What's next? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, is wild when you and and a good learning experience because you can plateau or self-sabotage a little bit when you're mm-hmm. like, what's the point in trying harder? Because I have all that I want. Um, right. But then but then I, you know, saw myself out of that and figured yeah. out. I mean, we see it all the time. Yeah, exactly. We see it all the time with people where they retire early and they start to age faster because they stopped um, growing. They stopped Mm -hmm. finding the next level. You know, Mm -hmm. where do I want to go next and what do I want to become next? And we see we see that a lot. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people, unfortunately, they retire and then the body just completely just cascades and they blame it on. Oh, and, you know, I've been not taking care of myself, but the your entire ecosystem of existence needs a purpose, needs an intention, needs a reason to stay alive. The cells will literally need some purpose of staying healthy or staying alive. I learned that from my teachers that if once you decide, if you decide with your entire being that you've hit every goal that you could possibly hit in life, your body will then shift into retirement mode, which means it's going to retire itself, which if you look at nature, what happens when a physical body retires, it dies, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's good that you're experiencing this early on. So you have a little bit of a gap. You're not like in your 70s and 80s going, oh, I think I hit every my goals. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> um, right. Well, and I love that. I think that goes back to the theme of this this episode of the working hard mm-hmm. and um, that it's. I've recognized through this journey that I do have to continue as an outsider, somebody I have a lot of what I want because I've created it. Mm-hmm. it, it they, they feed one another to where, so for example, I live at the beach now and it's a beautiful beach. And mm-hmm. I even told, told way, like, I, I can't believe that I live here, that this is a place. <laughs> and, um, I just feel so fortunate, but part of the, they feed one another. It's so cyclical because me being here and living in the beach this is something that I love, that it feeds me and my creativity and my the clarity of my mind that being able to be here and just go to the get outside, go to the beach, do those things that that surround that kind of lifestyle are mm-hmm. what enable me to be successful in work. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, a huge growth for me. Mm-hmm. out of that work hard mentality because old Kate would say, no way can you stop what you're doing and go on a two hour, like go down to the beach for two hours. No way. That's right. like, you're not working hard. That means you're bad. That means you're you're not doing what society expects of you and it's all going to come back and you're going to really regret this. Right. But the funny thing is, is when you start to take care of yourself and do do things that that feed your soul, that you have your cup filled, that it mm-hmm. it translates into your life, your relationships, mm-hmm. your friendships, your relationships with your family, and then also into your business to create that success that you didn't think you could have by working less hours in the week. But it's right. funny how how that happens of if you work less hours in the week because you're taking care of yourself in other aspects, you end up doing well in your business. And then you get to a point where you're like, dang, I have everything I want. <laughs> What's yeah. next? 
<laughs> exactly. And and I think I think what's 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 interesting is this is that a lot of people don't realize when you take care of the main instrument that's necessary for the growth of your business that when there comes a moment where you do have to sprint where you do have to kind of like burn the midnight oil for one particular project or launch or creating a new something new in your business that'll kind of like give it that moment momentous push to that next level like if you're, if once you decide like oh i'm going to take the business now to this level and then all of a sudden that's going to require this and this to be done at this time and then you're like well i'm going to have to work a little bit harder for the next week or two or month or something like that just so i can get there you have the energy to do it you're not you haven't yes. been running on fumes right 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 and you don't end up spending your weekends binging in whatever way that is if that's you know it, it could look different for every person. It could mean that you work out for three hours and then spend a bunch of time in the yard and you're exhausted. Oh, right. Or right. it could look like going out and drinking with your friends and eating pizza late night and then being hung over all day Sunday. It doesn't, right. it looks different for everyone, but you, you're a lot more evened out right. <laughs> when you're yeah. able to, to manage all of that at once. Well, and, and you make better up. right, and you make better decisions. So it sounds like what you're saying is that you are actually kinder to yourself. You actually prioritize yourself Definitely. versus before when you're when you're running on fumes. And and I think when you first uh, came up to me to talk to me about uh, the potential of working together, you weren't coming to me about business, work, or even money. I think it was a happiness mm -hmm. issue. Yeah, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It was. I felt lost, really lost yeah. of what is my purpose and what am I doing? Everything up until this point, is it worth it? Right. Um. So. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize this is that and, and, and you were like the living example that is when you've got money anxiety or a bad money story running and you start to wake up to like, this is not something that's working for me. What's in question is not is yeah sure sometimes money flow would be an issue or you know um, you know quality of life or whatever the case may be or lifestyle might be an issue but I think ultimately what it comes down to is that you know once happiness your happiness was really affected by that particular belief system that was running at the time mm -hmm. definitely was yeah it was yeah. yeah so getting out of that was has been extremely helpful. Yeah. And, and how has that impacted the way you show up now for the people that you serve, your, your customers, your clients and 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 everybody and in your and your team members that work work for you and help you you know, with your business? I think it allows me to. Have clarity on the bigger vision of, of what we're trying to do with mm -hmm. with both businesses, which is to help people live happier, easier, more enjoyable lives. And I'm able to have the energy behind that and the passion that I started with on a more consistent basis. And things don't ebb and flow quite so heavily. <laughs> right. Then it's it's a lot it's a lot easier to keep homostasis, I guess. Yeah. And also that I think I can show up for my clients and my students and my team members in a way that they feel validated, appreciated, loved, seen, heard 
all of those mm-hmm. things on a mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah, all the things that you were yearning for. <laughs> yeah. In your life, and you're now able to kind of like pay it forward in a way, right? It sounds like. Yes. Yeah. I hope so. so. You, That's my intention. Yeah. Right. So, so an interesting thing is that you say you have two businesses, right? Um, and um, one of them is the personal organizing one, and one of them is to help the bloggers systematize and scale and grow their business, right? Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about how how that all came to be. I mean, first you started organizing, and then you said that because you were working with a lot of bloggers, you found out that they needed. Uh, a particular solution for the problems and the challenges and you like true to an entrepreneur form decided to create another business to to solve that problem for them yep right so let's talk yes. a little bit about what how that transition happened well how you decided because a lot of people will say one business is enough for me but now you have two and not only that it it, it i think i think at one point it did kind of trigger that old story it's like I want to get rid of those because I don't want to work so hard. But then you realize you didn't have to, right? You could apply the principles that you you yeah. do for all your clients already. So yes. let's talk about that trans. Let's talk about that story. You know about okay. how you went from <laughs> there and then went to the you know. Yeah. Well, so I definitely ran that story of that I can't have it all. I can't for you know there were other stories that I had in my head to say why I couldn't have it all. But part of it was that I didn't, I just assumed that if I had two businesses, I would be pulling my hair out and working a million hours a week and so stressed out and all those things. And, um, that actually, so what I did was I tried to essentially kill the first business and it didn't (laughs) want to die. No. <laughs> and um, and it, I had been in a conference where one of the speakers had said, your business will eventually get to a point like a tree, like a big oak, where you it's going to be harder to kill it than it is to keep it alive. So oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And and I was at that tipping point, which it was I was noticing that even though I did absolutely nothing people would still want to work with us and we were still getting featured in magazines and winning awards. And, um, it, it was just, it, I think I had to, that was a great reflection moment where I had to stop and give myself some credit and say, look at what you've done. Look at what you've created that Mm -hmm. you can leave it alone and put all of your energy into your new business, working with the bloggers and still your first business is is running and right. it these things are continuing to happen so that's that was a a moment where i had to stop and give myself some credit cuz i think we all like we don't do a good enough job of giving ourselves credit for what we have done well it's right. always at least for me and i think for a lot of entrepreneurs it's always okay what do i need to learn next what do i need to get better at how do i make more sales how do i become an expert in whatever, there's always more to learn and you forget mm-hmm. to stop and reflect on what you've done well. So, right. so that was, that was kind of what happened where the business continued to run and it was right. obvious <laughs> that it was going to continue to happen. So I just took what I had already done and now present day, we have three locations and it's funny because I have people, I don't even have a location where I live right now. And people oh. ask me about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you have locations up and down the East Coast, basically. 
I do. Yeah. We have Savannah, Georgia, Atlanta, and New York City. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And, 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 and did you then um, take, did you realize that at that time it's like, oh, wait, I mean, I, this, is, this is what you do for bloggers, right? You, you help bloggers scale by, by using systems. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was always very present mm-hmm. um, because I would, had done it for myself right. with the organizing business and then the professional organizing business. And, and I recognized an opportunity to use what I had figured out for myself to teach bloggers and help mm. them apply that to their businesses where there was obviously a huge lack of support and information to help mm. them treat their blogging businesses truly like a business and to to feel like it's something that so that they could get back to a point where they feel like they are really in what they started the business for which is to be fully present in their creativity yeah. and to but that you I I actually just did a, a video on this the other day of that in order to be in the capitalistic system of the world and to be a blogger one of the ways that you do that is through partnering with larger businesses and uh-huh. you have to speak one another's language you have right. to you have to meet those people where they are if they are say you're talking like Nike and you're talking to somebody in their marketing department that runs their influencer campaigns mm-hmm. they have a boss they have deadlines they have mm-hmm. uh, they have expectations on them and they're coming to you because of your unique perspective on content that you can create mm-hmm. and a way to reach the customer that they can't do themselves. But you as a creative have to meet them where they are and be able to deliver on the things that they need in order to, the, meaning deadlines, paying attention to details, being responsive, having all of your ducks in a row. Right. So that they're happy with you and your performance and that they want to continue to work with you because not only do you make their job easier, you also make them look good. Right. And and and, and that sounds like a lot of work. And I guess what what how do you do that then without triggering that old story that you had to deal with growing up and and then also having to realize that having to do all those things and make sure those things get done if you're say a solo blogger or you're just a yeah you're just a content creator but realizing mm-hmm. yeah I want to do those things but then they can't what what's what's the biggest block is it a bad money story or is it a systems things or is it both I think it's a little bit of both that you just look at it and it seems like this big bear of a project to tackle or a, a way of thinking and operating Mm-hmm. And actually, the reality of it is that we simplify so much mm-hmm. that it becomes way easier to manage everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, I do think that there's there are definitely stories that you could be running in your head of, I could never be that successful or I don't deserve to be that success- successful mm-hmm. uh, to take on those large projects and have that much going on. And and my life would look like this if I had all of that going on. And, and that you may be saying that's not a positive thing, mm-hmm. but you're yeah. doing that to keep yourself safe. Right. No, I literally talked to somebody before that I looked up to for a long time and I said, 
you know, this is when I was shooting for 500,000 a year. And I said, I want to do 500,000 a year this year. And he goes, me too. I say, no, I look up oh, and you no. should be doing, you should be doing 5 million. He goes, no, I don't want 5 million. I was like, why? It's just too much work. I'm like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. You know, he, he obviously wasn't uh, someone that I looked up to for around money stories. It was around something else. But mm-hmm. I was like, wow, really? What? <laughs> yeah. And like, it's, it's wild when you start to just, I mean, because when I started, with my organizing business, I hardly had any clients and I decided to use my time to build up the foundation of the business and to get Mm -hmm. these systems in place. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're creating a highway in the expectation of that cars will eventually want to drive there. Right. And you want to make it as easy for them as possible. Right. And instead of just waiting around with your dirt road, and hoping that something might happen. Right. Now, how do you, how do you help um, bloggers find that harmonious balance between, you know, spending time building the systems, but also not spending so much time that you can't work on, you know, revenue producing activities or sales or or things mm-hmm. that will actually generate revenue for their business. The way that I do that is I give them a lot of the why behind why we do everything that we do in the Mm -hmm. program, but I have tons of templates and pre-made drag and drop, download and just upload it into your system kind of thing so that it's it's really easy to to just put it into your system and, and tweak it for what works for you and then you're off to the races. But I'm a big believer in giving people the why behind why we're doing something so that you can see where it fits into the bigger picture of what you're doing. But I also want to make it as easy for you as possible. I've been there, done that. And and so I can give you the framework for it and you just you just apply it to your own business. So so it sounds like you 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 encourage them to build the systems, but because you have these mo- these templates in place already, they don't have to spend as much time building it and can still then spend time you know, generating revenue for their business. Exactly. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's why, and that makes a lot more sense because, you know, a lot of people can probably listen to this and their takeaway is I got to go develop my systems and they can just go and figure out, they could go Google, YouTube or whatever, and they will they'll probably eventually get it and get it figured out. But just like the reason why I'll never be without a mentor or a coach or a teacher in my life is because I don't want to wait that long to get things done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, right? Because also there's a lot of time and effort that has gone into testing these systems and tweaking them uh-huh. and and seeing what works and what doesn't. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm bringing to you is is the tested and trial and error already done for you <laughs> right it's like so systems in a box time. right exactly yeah yeah but free of bad money stories yeah yeah that's that's something that we talk about a lot is is that you are able with the systems you're able to take a lot of the emotion out of what you do on a daily weekly and monthly basis so even when you don't mm-hmm. feel like doing revenue producing activities you don't feel like reaching out to somebody following up with someone continuing on mm-hmm. with the project it's so it's it's systematized so you just do the the what you have to get done that actually contributes to the profit and you move along right 
And, and and I think I now it's, so I'm getting a I'm getting a better picture of this. So so what you're doing is you're taking the human component out of the parts of their business that doesn't require that human touch per se, versus which then frees you up to have more human creativity inside the parts that actually your humanness is actually what is needed for your business to grow. Exactly, but part of the the beauty of where technology is right now is that you don't lose that human touch by using these templates and these right. automations. So that's right. that's where I was highly intrigued by this whole concept when I was starting my first business was that you, yeah. could, you could have both. Right, right. I mean, in our other business, uh, we have what we call a virtual rapport building system, which is basically virtualizing that warm, fuzzy feeling that you provide for people that you've just met. And it's a and it's systematized mm-hmm. and it's customized to that and and technology is beautiful today that allows each and every single one of us with AI because there's like uh, you know even email platforms now have AI built into it to kind of help um, help you be connect with your audience or more people in your audience in a better way right mm-hmm. yeah super cool so if there's one thing if there's one thing that your someone who's listening to right now, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm a blogger. I'm a content creator. I am so needing to be able to break away from my bad money story like she did. I want to get those systems in place that is free of bad money stories. Um, <laughs> you know, what? what is something that they can do right away after listening to this that can help them immediately put them in the right direction? Aside from, of course, connecting with you, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But what is one piece of advice that you can give based on your journey that you've had you know, over the last few years, being able to take your business from kind of like, okay, I'm not happy, I don't know what's going on, to where you are right now, where I need to find a new set of goals and desires for the next level of what I want? I think the biggest thing that you could do for yourself right now is pause and reflect on why did you start your business in the first place? Why did you start your blog or to create content? What was the intention behind why you were doing that in the first place? And mm-hmm. and get back to the core of what are your values? What do you what do you care about? What are you sharing? How are you entertaining, educating or inspiring your audience? And what do you project that years from now of what is that going to look like for your life? What do you want it to look like? And then that can give you that bigger picture of this is where I want to go with it. And I and it'll help you move work backwards from there of, of what big vision do you see? Do you want a coffee table book and a a weekly spot on the Today Show. Um, you know what? What do you what do you want from all of this? And right. think big, if that's what you if you want big, and yeah. and then you can go backwards from there. But but if you think about your current state, it comes from more of a lack mindset, where where like get mm-hmm. into that abundance state of mind of of mm-hmm. if everything is abundant, which it is what would you what would you have and what would you want your life to look like and then right. you can work backwards from there to make it all happen right i love that because what you're telling them is to because a lot of people and you probably encounter this a lot of people get disconnected from why they're doing what they're doing to begin with. They got themselves in mm-hmm. that hamster wheel where they can't even see, you know, through the trees and through the through the, through the weeds, right? Because they got right. caught up in everything that working hard and <laughs> everything that they yeah. were 
thought they wanted to do, but they can't do, and they just lost vision of their dreams. And I think what you were saying earlier is that, you know, getting people reconnect with the creativity of why they were doing this to begin with so that they can actually stop being stuck in their business, right? Yeah, and which in turn makes you a lot happier and mm-hmm. that radiates out to to other people, to your followers, to your families, your friends, and it, it makes your whole bubble of life happier. Super awesome. Cool. So when they're listening to you and they're saying, oh my God, I totally need to talk to them. How, how, how can they connect with you? I mean, I think, how do they, how do they, I mean, I think I, I mean, you also have some kind of a free offering for them, but how will they, how, what's the easiest way for them to connect with you if they wanted to connect? The easiest way would be through Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's at Kate Waldo and co, okay. A-N-D-C-O. And then, uh, yeah, that, I, that's where I hang out the most. But you can um, also, I'm super excited to share with you guys, I put together this workshop on how you can take the content that you're already creating and triple your income from that without having to work more. Cool. So that is, I, I'm super excited to share that one with you guys because it's a really great workshop. That one, That's my free workshop that you'll have access to. So that's katewaldoandco.com slash grow. Okay, cool. So we'll put all those links to... Um, your your IG your am I am I being relevant enough to, instead of calling Instagram your IG <laughs> you're so relevant I'm so <laughs> relevant uh, so IG and then also to the katewaldoandco.com for slash grow for to take that free workshop and having worked with you around that stuff like that I gotta tell you if if scaling or systematizing or getting away from that hamster wheel of your business is something that you've been wanting to do. Um, this workshop has been tweaked and tweaked and tweaked again to give you as much value as possible so that you can walk away going, oh, my God, this is exactly what I So, you know, not that I'm biased or anything because I'm just telling you that's <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, you went, that's okay. you went through, I'm biased, you, too. I think it's pretty great. I know. <laughs> I hope you're, you're a little bit biased towards your own workshop. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it's because I mean, I've seen it. It's a labor of love. You put a lot into it. And so. Um, and it's great that it's free. So if you are wanting to connect with Kate that way, then definitely check her out there. Her IG is very impressive. Um, one of the first things I noticed when I said, "Oh, well, I wish my IG could be like that," but I, you know, just <laughs> it's I just don't I, I don't know. Maybe I'm part of the wrong century or wrong wrong generation. But <laughs> wrong century, you're really aging yourself now. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> This is Wei, who looks like he's about 35, and he's actually 135. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have an ancient secret, new course coming out soon. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, believe it or not, it's top of the hour. We've got to wrap it up. So um, that's actually it for this episode. Cool, cool thing is, I, I, what I would love is like if there's something that... Uh, once you hit that next level, you know, because you're at a point right now, I have everything I want, and I think you're still exploring on what's the next level for me? I mean, where am I going next? And I think uh, once we hit that, there may be, maybe you'll, I'll have you come back again to share about that journey because that, yeah. I mean, that's something that a lot of people who, uh, you know, a lot of people, in especially in your generation, is like hitting that big chunk of success. And you're like, oh my God, I got, I got everything that I wanted, but realizing that you were thinking too small, right? There's like even more. Yeah. So would would love to have you back once you hit your stride in that particular space. So um, if you're open for that, that would be really cool. That would be cool. Yeah. 
So, um, but if you, the listener, uh, if you're listening to this, you found it valuable and know of somebody else that could benefit from what we talked about today, sharing is caring. So share it. And if you made it this far into this episode, then there must have been something good. So make sure you subscribe to us for all the future episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify to make sure you don't ever miss a new episode. And that's a wrap. Have an amazing time taking all the money knowledge from today and join me on the next episode of the Money Lab podcast. This is Wei and Kate signing off. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.